anarchism as social philosophy which aims at the emancipation, economic, social, political, and spiritual of the human race. Anarchism is not bombs, disorder, or chaos. It is not robbery or murder. It is not a war of each against all. Anarchism is the very opposite of all that. Find out for yourself. Tune into Subversion 1312. Live, Tuesdays 9 to 10 p.m. on 4ZZZ 102.1 FM or streaming 4ZZZ.org.au. Podcasts and related content available at subversion1312.org and channelzeronetwork.com. Conclusion? We stand for anarchy, anti-capitalism, anti-racism, anti-authoritarianism, internationalism, autonomy, direct democracy, ecology, self-organisation, solidarity, anti-fascism, anti-neoliberalism, anti-nationalism, atheism, equality and freedom. Good evening. You're listening to The Anarchy Show, 4ZZZ 102.1 FM, also known as Subversion 1312, which is the website and podcast. My name is Linda, and I'm here tonight with uh, with, uh, with Claude. Yeah, I'm here tonight with Claude, but I'm also here tonight with Colin. Hey, Linda, how you doing? I'm great, Colin. How are you? Fantastic. Great to be here. Great to be doing the show again. This week, we're going to be celebrating 20 years since the battle in Seattle. And I've got a, a, sound, a, a soundscape which I put together from a documentary which was made by some anarchists from Eugene, or- or- Eugene Oregon and... Those particular anarchists were singled out as being responsible for a lot of the property destruction which happened during the protests in Seattle. But I put together a soundscape so you can get an idea of the, the chaos and the, the revolutionary action which was happening during those days in Seattle in 1999. I remember at the time... I was a fairly much a rookie in the Triple Z newsroom and I remember going down to the Queen Street Mall and there was a an action happening there. I think it was fairly small, a fairly small action happening there. So yeah, and of course in Australia we had the S11 protests the next year which happened in Melbourne, which I was at, and I got to get a taste of what it's like to to have one of those big major convergences and be able to shut down, at least in Melbourne, part of the city, not quite as much. Now, Colin. Yo. You didn't come, but on Sunday, there was the 4ZZZ end of year party, and there was karaoke. Ah, yes, Lydia. Now I've heard something about this. Tell me more. Uh, yeah, so there was karaoke and I had an idea. I was like, oh, what, what am I going to do? And then I came up with it and Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine and it got quite intense and it was very hardcore. So I'm going to recreate this moment right All now. Right. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, so let's see how we go. You can sing along at home. Forces are the same that bark. 
crosses Some of those that work forces Are the same that burn crosses Some of those that work forces Are the same that burn crosses Some of those that work forces Are the same that burn crosses Killing in the name of Killing in the name of Now you do what they told ya Now you do what they told ya And now you do what they told ya Now they do what they told ya And now you do what they told ya Now you do what they told ya Now you do what they told ya And now you do what they told ya They told you, and now you do what they told you. 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 Now they do what they told you. Now you're under control. Now you're under control. jumping around here we were really getting into it we were having an awesome time and claude was going right off (laughs) he was yes so yeah if you've got any more names to add to that uh really be good to do a list of of people that we won't do what they tell me yeah i thought ian stewart the uh i think he's no longer or he's about to resign the uh head of the police in queensland Probably yeah. totally corrupt. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, goes without saying. So, yeah, yeah fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Damn, though. Chris Hurley, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Yeah. <sighs> so, 
feel better now? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, yeah? Well, yeah, like, because after you, you think of more and more people, and so it's something that could go on for quite, quite some time. Some time. Love it. So, yeah, the, the New South Wales police... Especially for them. <laughs> Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. And we'll be hearing about them later in Bad Cop No Donut. No, no, but for now, I'm going to play this soundscape from the battle in Seattle in 1999. Let's take ourselves back to that time just before the turn... Just before the turn of the century, although if you, uh, arguably the turn of the century is actually at the end of 2000, not at the end of 1999. But what about the Y2K bug? Then there was this thought that maybe the world was going to end. So Oh, yeah, that didn't work out well, did it? Yeah, and so the World Trade Organization was in a full force and there was all around the world they were having meetings and huge protests at those meetings Cops, hey, 
Some of the uh, peaceful protesters were trying to stop people from... The, some of the so-called peaceful protesters actually used forced physical intervention, including even pepper spray, to protect the corporations until the police could show up and protect them for them. You don't have to fight us, you know? What are you going to tell your mom about this? 
I tell my mom that hopefully she can get out and join us because it's time to make a stand. I can't tell my children that this is the world we've left in. We have to stand up and stop this. Microsoft, Boeing, Bank of America, U.S. Bank, Fidelity Investments, all of those companies who had their shit fucked with on that day had invested in the WTO meetings and they paid for the meetings to be in Seattle. Like those, those meetings cost millions of dollars. The money came from somewhere and it wasn't the U.S. government. It, those, the, the money for those meetings came from those corporations and that's why people targeted those corporations on that day. I'm here because I heard 50,000 other people were going to be here. I figured even if they're out here protesting in a way that I don't like advocating reform or abolition of some particular institution, at least there are 50,000 people that really care and are worked up about something. And hopefully we can come out here and give them a shove in a little more radical direction. And it's a hell of an opportunity to to uh, show that the problem with the WTO is the same problem that all the institutions that fill our lives are guilty of. There's people other than ourselves in control of our lives. They just keep getting further and further away from us and more and more powerful. I don't care whether they're making decisions that I like or whether I hate. The fact that they're making those decisions is unhealthy and unnatural. And so I'm hoping that we can come out here and get crazy and fuck enough shit up that every city in the world knows that they can't host a WTO conference and it better give control back to the people of their own lives or else that city is going to be torn to pieces. is vandalism, destruction is destruction, whether it's of lives or property, it's not acceptable. What do you think of the Boston Tea Party? I thought it was wonderful. Ah, thank you. Thank you. 50 cents, read all about it, best souvenir you can get. It's getting a little rowdy over there in front of the hotel. People uh, need to realize that rioting is not going to solve the problems. Only Jesus Christ can give them peace like a river and joy like a fountain. These people that are uh, distressed about what's going on in the world, they need to realize that only Jesus Christ is the answer. And he's angry. I don't got no sweat labor or nothing. It's just me. We love don't you, close man. me down. It's just me. And I appreciate y'all. Yeah. This is something very educational. <laughs> Last time I seen streets like this in now, man. The only thing they had, they were shooting for real. Drop it. Hell, yeah, we gonna do that? Why don't you start looting? I need size 46 jeans. <laughs> There's this big, big push before the WTO happened to get people from diverse backgrounds and something other than the activist, middle-class-oriented thing that was going on, and then it happened very spontaneously. The people with the reason to be fucking shit up, the people who have the most reason to be breaking the windows at Nike, were doing it. 
And that, that was one of the best aspects of it. People who needed shoes were breaking the windows and getting shoes, and that's the way it should be. So I say that for those who came here to peacefully make their point, I welcome them here because I want them to be integrated into the longer-term debate. To those who came here to break windows and hurt small businesses or stop people from going to meetings or having their say, I condemn them. And I'm sorry that the mayor and the governor and the uh, police officers and others have had to go through this, but we need to make a clear distinction between that which we condemn and that which we welcome. Someone like Bill Gates can have as much money and stuff as he does while others are starving. It's just so extraordinarily absurd that it should just seem obvious to everyone that we need to dismantle private property. And that begins by breaking the spell. And that's what a smashed window does. But what we're going to start seeing more and more is people taking it upon themselves in smaller clusters or affinity groups to go out on their own and make some strikes and blows against capital in the state. is abundantly productive. Then, at that moment, thought that the, the property destruction and sabotage that happened in the WTO was like this big, big significant thing, so different than what's happened before and just really over the line. But that's the way it's been going in Europe and internationally at these um, international trade events for years. And there's a whole international precedent for it. In Geneva, at the last WTO ministerial, there were riots. Um, at, the G- at, the, at the G8 meeting in Cologne last year on June 18th, um, there was massive protest. The, um, the City of London financial district was taken over. Its futures exchange shut down. Millions of dollars worth of damage done. And that was just in London. And then, of course, there was what happened in Eugene. And that's, that is sort of the thread that people picked up on and said, oh, all of the destruction that's happening in <coughs> Seattle came from Eugene. But the, the, if that's not true. There's this whole international and historical precedent for what happened. Now is we're having a standoff against the cops. And if you see them up there with their water cannons and tear gas, yeah. this is people power in action. This, 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 the start, this is the start of the revolution. What's on the agenda today? What's the plan after this? There's a, there's a big labor there's march there's today. There's a big labor march today. The plan is to take Seattle and have fun with it, I guess. What's the WTO all about? Next it's all about greed. It's all about, look at these kids up here. they got a sign up that says, don't trade our future. For these young kids in the street today, it's about their future being traded off by corporations who frankly don't give a shit what happens to them. There's a powerful, powerful group of people, and 
they make decisions behind closed and locked doors that affect the lives of every American, you and me, and many of the people on this earth. Gerald Keeney has joined us in the studio. And Hi, Linda. Gerald, great to have you on board, mate. How you going? Colin, Linda, how are we? We're, Very well. We're going to continue our debate uh, that we started last week about Iran and freedom in Australia. But you just heard there from the WTO, the Soundscape which was put together by me from a documentary which was called Breaking the Spell and it's put together by some anarchists from Eugene and the Eugene anarchists were blamed partly and there was a 60 Minutes interview with them and all this stuff about uh, the property destruction that happened in Seattle at the WTO. Jerry, what did you think about Seattle? Amazing, yes. I thought it, it was part of a, a really impressive uh, reaction against the bottom-down logic of the WTO that characterised the early years of this century, but got derailed, I guess, by the war on terror and by by the wars in Iraq and in Afghanistan. And it's, it, it, that Seattle protest really was very we were all so hopeful when it happened it was so amazing and now things are no now things aren't so good um, things yeah. haven't been good for well I mean they haven't been good since the Iraq war protest failed really I suppose mm. and those kind of meetings did continue on I think until like 08 or something like there was uh, pro, uh, there was Gen- Genoa. Oh, they've still got them. Oh, you mean the re- the, the WTO? Yeah, those big response. anarchist response meetings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Meetings. You still find yeah. them mo- even more recently than that. And yeah. yeah, that's that's great, but it doesn't have the same coherency that it, it did in those days. I mean, a lot of people criticised it for being event based and for being reactive to the bosses, but I. I I'm not sure. I, I thought, yeah, sh- yeah, they were right to say that, but that maybe they could have become more um, coherent rather than disintegrating like it did. Let's listen to this community service announcement. I have... Several times a year, the ruling corporate and governmental elites come together in exotic locations to decide the fates of nations. They gather under different guises, blinding the world with their alphabets. WTO, IMF. FGAA, GAP, NAFTA, the World Bank. These meetings have always been secret, but the agendas have always been the same. With a single-minded focus on destroying the environment and enslaving the workers of the world, their sinister plots have remained unchallenged for years. There has been no democratic process allowed, no public consent required, and absolutely no possible way for your voice to be heard. No way, that is. (laughs) Until now... Would you like to shut down the corporate slime and smash up their conference? Would you like to travel to lovely places like London, Seattle, Prague, and Genoa? Then come on down to the next anti-corporate globalization protest. Meet interesting people from around the world and plug it with them. Four friendships and connections that can last a lifetime. See the beautiful capitals of the world and their correctional facilities. Are you a winner? To feel an invigorating sense of power in the midst of extreme chaos? Then don't wait. Start your direct action project now. And remember, this is an event open to all people of all ages. So bring your friends, bring your family, and bring your neighbors. (laughs) I had so much fun at my first protest that for the next one, I brought all of my friends with their gas masks. I learned a whole new way to use my baseball bat. Boy, they never showed us this in P.E. I met the cutest Greek boy, and he showed me his Molotov cocktail. Sponsored in part by the Infernal Noise Brigade. Yes, we were there. They were the days. <laughs> yes, the, and those kind of convergences like the S11 in Melbourne and Woomera, Pine Gap, and also some other... Baxter detention centres, they don't seem to happen, or are we just out of touch? 
Well, I think we also have to accept that a lot of the tactics that we used in the past didn't work. How do we know that? Well, we're sitting under patriarchal class society right now, so they didn't work. Now, you can say, oh, hang on, they weren't given enough of a go, or you can say the state brutally repressed them. And maybe you're right, but maybe as well, especially in the case of the second excuse, we might need to think about new ways and new, new tactics and new thinking and maybe even as much as the situation's urgent, maybe it's a time for, for more, more thought and, and, and less action rather than, rather than having action which doesn't, doesn't work, I believe. Now, something I've been thinking a lot about since last week is this conversation that Jerry and I had at the end of the show last week about David uh, Robert David Archbold. Oh, we didn't actually Robert. have that conversation. I sent it to you since. Yeah, okay. So what happened? I thought that was the conversation. No, no, because I didn't tell you. Oh, did I tell you about that last week? Yes. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. So in nineteen in two thousand and fifteen, Robin Archbold stood up at a at a at a DIY, fairly edgy avant garde kind of poetry reading, which was supposed to be about community and about solidarity with Indigenous people, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, "We should all be grateful at the poetry reading because this poetry reading could happen in Australia and it couldn't happen in Iran." You know, in Iran in twenty fifteen. Over 1,000 people, possibly over 1,500 people were hanged in Iran. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I look, if, when I hear statistics like that, I just think that sort of like a lot of similar stuff happens in Australia in a, in a kind of unofficial capacity. So, for instance, you know, we might want to look at deaths in custody. We might want to look at... We might want to look at stuff like uh, road deaths, right, which I think are about corporate interests and, and corporate greed. We might want to look at deaths in prison due to unofficial... Ro- road deaths in Iran are something like 18 times the amount of deaths in Australia. Like, uh, Really? Yeah, like road... I've looked okay. it up because, uh, like, because I know people from Iran and they drive like... Crazy. Crazy. Okay. And well, also, they have friends all the time that die in road crashes. Well, so. look, I mean, I think that. I, look, I, I don't know the, what the road statistics are. Okay, so you got me there. Okay, okay, Linda. But I th- I'll, I'll, I'll pay you there. But I, I, yep, you I, talk. Uh, well, I, I think we're not talking about road deaths in Australia or in Iran. We're talking about the government and the government, the way the government behaves towards the people not in general just an open slather about everything about society in iran so i think the the point is that i said you should go and live in iran because you're running the risk of patronizing people who have fled iran because of the barbaric regime iran is one of the top refugee producing countries in the world so why are all these people leaving iran and are you now saying that those people didn't have to leave Iran because they could have gone and had a poetry reading in the Mexican embassy in Iran? No, I'm not saying that, no. Okay, so one thing at a time. Okay, first thing I'd say is that why don't I go and live or or visit Iran? Okay, because actually I don't speak the language and I've got myself all set up here and I also believe, which is fully consistent with my position about how the comparison between Australia and Iran is, is invidious. I believe that there's big fights to be fought here. So that's why I don't personally go up and leave Iran. Besides of which, um, I live, live, live a quite green... I try to live quite a green, low-carbon footprint lifestyle and I'm, I'm not going to undertake unnecessary jet travel. But do you think... But, um, maybe I, the, uh, now I move on to... Shall I move on to the second point about uh, patronising refugees? Mm. Okay, so what I'd say about that would be that that it's certainly the case that people have to leave where they are being fully oppressed and it's true that people don't... Well, I don't know if it's completely true, but I, I guess that fewer people leave Australia on that basis, though I, I'd imagine some people do leave Australia on that basis and I think that... Sometimes they might be misinformed about how great Australia is. On on other occasions, 
their personal situation in Iran might be so terrible they have to leave. So I, I don't think there's one size which fits all for the, the question about about a leaving. I think a lot of people who do leave don't realise how they're not necessarily coming to some, something way better. That's not I, to patronise them. But they might realise it when they wind up in Nauru, okay? Or they might realise it when they wind up in the western suburbs of Sydney and some racist dickhead's bashing the shit out of them, okay? But, uh, but, but that's not to patronise them. That's just what they might wind up realising later on in the situation, mm, right? Yeah, I reckon you should go and work for the Department of Home Affairs because I've read the case cases of refugees who've had their applications for protection rejected mm. and uh, the the arguments that they make are very similar to yours and you're a highly educated man so they'd love to have you to, to go and work at, at the Department of Home Affairs and you could actually tell all those refugee cases and there's like a huge number coming from Iran. You could say, "Oh, look, you know, it's not that bad in Iran. You should go back." In the latest protest in Iran, wait up. Two hundred and eight people were killed in the latest protest in Iran. Up. Wait up! Wow, this is sort of like I could imagine myself as being kind of like this is the old Cold War scenario, and I'm saying we don't want to go for Washington or, or Moscow, and and you kind of going, "Oh, so you're saying things aren't that bad in Moscow?" I feel like we're kind of rehashing that sort of 20th century drama. Here's what I'm saying. Neither country's that great, right? And you don't want to start going on about how great Australia is in order to uh, in, in order to show that stuff's bad in Iran. Because I'll tell you what, neither Tehran nor Canberra, neither. Okay, my, my position is neither Washington nor Moscow, neither Tehran nor Canberra, neither Tehran, neither Baghdad nor, nor Washington, right? None of them. They're, it's all crap, right? That's my position. So there's no point mischaracterising me. Or Paris, you, you, Texas? Well, neither neither nor, all right? Yeah. Nowhere in the world's any good as far as I'm concerned. Can I, well, no, it's not any good. I'm not saying Australia's any good. I'm just saying that Iran is a lot worse than Australia. In, in Iran, they have the Bajis. Bazji, who are part of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps. Right. And they have like something like five layers of secret police in Iran. Right. So, but the Bajis are like a civilian uh, force and they consist of young, young Iranians who volunteer often in exchange for official benefits. The Bajis serve, Bazji serve as an auxiliary force engaged in activities such as internal security, enforcing state control over society, law enforcement, auxiliary, providing social services, organising public religious ceremonies, policing morals and suppressing of dissident gathering, suppressing of dissident gatherings, perhaps maybe a poetry reading, and policing morals, that's like they... they you know, they tell women that they have to put the hijab to cover their hair. They're not allowed to show you their hair or it's too far off the back of their head. So I guess what I'd say about this stuff is not that we want to play it down. I don't know where, why you think I'm pro-Iran because it's just absolutely Run, Iran, Iran, Iran. Well, you can run all you want. I ran too. Uh-huh. Like seagulls, I don't know. But like, I don't know why you think I'm pro-Iran, right? Because I, I'm absolutely against all nation states, right? But what, I would, what I'd want to say to you is that, like, it's kind of weird if you start, like, fixating on the on the bad things about Iran and don't think about what the corollaries are here. Oh, I, to- I totally, I totally okay, agree so that's, with you, that's yeah. really, Okay, that's my point, okay? So, yeah. okay, so let's say that someone thinks a woman's a slut or someone thinks a woman's, you know, um, a, a sex... Compliment, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it as, as it a should be, as it should be, yeah. as it should be, or, or someone's a sex worker or whatever, right? And then, so as a result, whether they're her pimp or or because they're some psycho Christian or something, or whatever the fuck they are, they beat her up, okay? But they're not wearing a uniform. They're wearing a, I don't know, a tropical shirt. They're wearing a, they're wearing a, 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 a shirt with pineapples on it. And they're wearing board shorts, and they beat her up, and they're wearing thongs, not boots. point I'm trying to make is that, well, okay, um, we might want to talk about the role of the state and, and, and where that leaves people, but it's not prima facie obvious that it's that much greater, that it's that much better being beaten up by someone who's wearing colourful clothes than someone in, in, in uh, camouflage, yeah? But, you know, in Iran, like, people kill their, like, I know of, and I've been told uh, from my friend, like, someone 
some woman was having sex like outside of marriage. Right, and and the brother killed the woman like this, like okay. So, and, but but, and but okay, a what, lot what, more in, right, in well, Iran? What, well, I'd like to see the statistics and, and see how much it happens more. But I'd like to, but I, and and that's fine. It's not to stand up for Iran. It's just to say we should use evidence mm-hmm. when we're making assertions, rather than say, for instance, going on what say the corporate media says. But you know, I don't know. Like you might hear about like um, someone's brother killing their sister. You see, hear about this kind of stuff all the time in Australia. Okay, they're not doing it because they're part of an official group. They, they might be doing it because, you know, because they jump out of their hotted up car. And, but the, the but, example uh, I you know, who cares? Not, it's not, and if, I'm not saying there's an official group. And something like the Buzz G's, they're not an official, like, they don't wear uniforms or whatever. Like, the, they're, they're just there. It they're happens power in official, Australia. Yeah. yeah. It happens in Australia, but it happens a lot more in Iran. And something like the death penalty, like this year, probably uh, by July, over like 116 people were hanged in Iran. But I mean, you know, all this kind of unofficial stuff happens in Australia, whether it's like uh, black deaths in custody or whether it's people being shivved with a sharpened toothbrush in a, in a cell but block. But can you imagine that unofficial stuff also happens in Iran as well? Well, as now, that's stuff? A, now that's a good argument and I'm going to pay that. I like that argument and I've had that... Ching. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that one. Okay, so one argument could be that I'm prepared to, to countenance is that... Um, uh, that uh, that that the official stuff happens there, and then it's noticeably worse in Australia because the unofficial stuff happens there. Okay, maybe I'd like to see the evidence that the unofficial stuff is as is as high because what could happen is once the official once it's made official that channels some of that that kind of hatred. So I'd like to see the evidence for, for that. What evidence are you bringing forth? Is it just me that I, that I am required to bring evidence, or or are you? Like, you're making statements. You're making assertions of fact. You're I'm, I'm suggesting assertions a method. No, I'm, I'm, assu- I'm suggesting a methodology. I'm suggesting a comparative methodology. But look, if you want to ask me for evidence regarding any statement I've made, yes, of course, I should also have to come to the table with that. Yes. Yes. And so, over the last few weeks, and there's been protests in Iran. Over like seven thousand people were arrested by authorities, and as I said, over two hundred people were killed, were shot. In Iran, and I've seen videos of that. And yeah, but before I've we get that. yeah, okay, but before we get too carried away here, let's let's not forget that like um, this we're talking about a, a situation where people are prepared to fight back. Now, when people are prepared to fight back, i.e., the Iranian people are more courageous than the Australian people in this respect, and possibly more desperate as well. Okay, when people are prepared to fight back, of course, there's more um, there's more countermeasures. If you think that we, it, we started fighting back like they're doing in Iran and Australia and, and the cops were still, like, really nice to you and it'll all be good, well, I think, you're, I think you're dreaming. I think if we started taking the kind of measures they're taking, we'd get the kind of responses think, they're getting. I think you're changing the parameters of the argument because that's not what we were arguing about. And, but that's and, what... That's, that's, that's it. Look, I'm just responding to the example you adduced, okay? And I think that, the, um, that, that more... More makes a difference somewhere like Iran. If, if, if more started making a difference in Australia, whether it be poetry or whether it be protests or whatever, I, I, I don't think you'd get this nice guy, you know, um, nanny state response. You'd, totally. get, you'd, get, you'd get a comparable response. And so I think we should, I think there's a deeper issue here, okay? And I'll tell you what I think the deeper issue is. If I start saying Australia's freer than Iran, okay, what, what starts happening is it, it kind of becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy. And here's how it works, okay? Suddenly we need to defend the Australian freedom from places like Iran. So Australian society starts militarising and we start like uh, like um, I think threatening totally and standing. Tra- I think can I finish totally this point? Can I, f- well, well, can I finish this point? It's, it's a good ten point. Minutes, it's ten minutes to oh, well, you're ten not gonna let, you're not, you're We have me bad, on. bad cop, no donut coming up. Well, it's only take as, two seconds. As well. okay. So Gerald's going to I'll, I'll, I'll take his very, argument, but I think you're changing things. And all I right. think well, maybe in, I am, but I, I want to say this. You're okay. just insane if you think that Australia is anywhere near as, like, not the freedom in Australia is different to that in Iran. And if you've talked about people I don't, from I don't, Iran, I, I, I don't, know. I'm not. Look, I'm not trying to say it's, it's all exactly the same and homogenous. What I'm trying to say to you is that the more you talk about being free in Australia, the more you actually 
give ground to this whole kind of militaristic, nationalistic notion, which then could be used to threaten Iran, okay? Now, what happens when you threaten Iran? I'll tell you what happens when you threaten Iran. When you threaten any country, you encourage the right-wing militaristic tendencies in that country, just as if we were threatened by... So, so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But you're changing again because all we were doing was talking about poetry readings in Iran and Australia. We weren't talking about threatening Iran or well, any I, kind well, of like I'm, I'm international trying to find, Look, I'm trying to find the truth thing. about... Well, I'm trying to find... And I think there is a common ground. I think we have a common ground that we do agree. And I've said this to people like my partner. I've, you know, he's like, oh, Australia's great. And I'm like, no. And, and he knows, like, he's experienced Australia and detention and everything and but there are things in Australia they people think that it doesn't happen and I'm like yeah it does happen in Australia that that does happen so I think there we do have a, a point in common and we do need to I don't know how much we've got in common look you know you can if you want to dress differently or speak differently you see how you go in the street you know like well I do all the time I mean uh, yeah well then you die right it's not it's not all beer and skittles and no, what I'm trying it's to say not is quite as bad as in Iran where but what like, I'm trying to say the more you talk the more you talk about it the more you talk about this freedom the more you actually are encouraging this kind of pr- prophecy where it where it actually winds up not only being falsified, but also where you wind up with this kind of militarised standoff with a country like Iran, which encourages the um, the right, you know, conservative tendencies in Iran. And what I think we want to say, and this is very brief, what I think we want to say is not that there's one country more free than another, but that that there's no freedom in a country. There's different struggles. There's there's people working for kind of like more creative. Ideas and there's people working for less creative ideas, and different countries are different balances, right? And we want to maybe talk about different balances rather than one country being freer than another. A, a, a balance might be different, and the reason why I say that is because that leads to talk of things like solidarity. Okay, so that's what I w- that's all I'd suggest to you, Linda, that we want to talk about different balances rather than about um, X being just freer than Y. Because I think it's misleading, it's it's self-fulfilling in a way, it's counterproductive in another way. What we want to say is there are different balances of struggle in any society, and we want to be on the side of the of the of the right balance in Australia as much as we do in Iran. That's what that's what I would say would be a better way of saying it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think that I think that that's true, um, but if you look at it in certain parameters. That there's stuff happening in Iran that's and and like my partner said to me, I want to make a music video and I want to call it freedom because I'm free to make music and be outside making music in the street. However, he did also say that in the last few years things have become more free in Iran. Well, that's so, about that fits in with what I'm saying about struggles and to and fro and balances. Let's go to bad cop, no donut. I please, please. Okay, so we're going straight into Bad Cop No Donut tonight because we've had a special episode of, of a date, a date, a debate, that's a Freudian slip, a debate between Linda and Gerald. Now, Colin, you've Yo. got, we've got a good one, some good ones tonight. We Not sure that many, so we'll have. be finished by, we'll be finished by within five minutes time. I'll start off with the, the chair. Oh, this is not a police one at all but the chair of the young liberals may as well be fucking the police <laughs> like the chair of the young liberals has confirmed this is on the gold coast that he appeared in a racially offensive video which was posted on a social media platform and it has been removed now yo we have do you want to talk about the police in New South Wales Colin I sure as hell do let me add it New South Wales Law Enforcement Conduct Commission has begun a five-day hearing into into yeah into several strip searches undertaken at Lo- Lost City 
the event was for teens aged 13 to 17. One boy was told, hold your dick and lift your balls up and show me your gooch. Colin, I've heard Colin says to a lot of men. <laughs> in, in my time. Mm. And <laughs> to carry on, in another case, a child shown, known as G-E-R-I-5-E-C told the LEGC he was strip-searched by an officer who was not wearing gloves. Um, he said the officer touched his te- te- testicles and rubbed his bottom during the search. Absolutely disgusting. A police officer in Perth who was suffering from an undiagnosed post-traumatic stress disorder because of his job has been jailed for almost two years for possessing images and videos of explicit and depraved sexual abuse of young girls. David Mark Dodson, 29, was working as a detective in April this year when Canadian authorities discovered he had used social media to send an image of an unidentified person to an unidentified person of a girl aged between two and four being raped. Australian authorities then raided his home and found almost 350 images and videos of child exploitation material on his electronic devices. A district court was told that the material included some of the worst categories of child pornography featuring girls as young as two being abused by adults. And that's why we shouldn't have police. We should abolish the police because they get PTSD because they're such assholes. And we should get rid of the police and build yeah, a new system. Um, they've been busted in WA selling it. Uh, that was about 2000 in... Oh. When was that? It might have been 10 years ago. Uh, the Wood Commission found them selling it in New South Wales. And, of course, the uh, actually people don't realise that the um, the Fitzgerald inquiry was kicked off because they were selling uh, kiddie porn. Uh, so, and uh, Lewis didn't look at the uh, report, and that's what kicked off the Fitzgerald inquiry. We've got a good one now, Colin. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, hang on. A thug deliberately farted in a police officer's face during a strip search and then said, how do you like that? Stuart Cook, 28, was at the scene of a car crash in Aberdeen, Scotland, when he was approached by officers. Aberdeen Sheriff Court heard after cops smelled cannabis and decided to arrest him, he he became irate. They searched his, his vehicle and Cook screamed expletives and uh, puffed out his chest towards officers. That's right. Dreadful, isn't it? And farted in their face. More, there should be more of more of it. Time for us to get out of here now. Check out Subversion 1312 online. Subversion1312.org Facebook.com forward slash sub anarchy show. On Twitter, anarchy underscore show. And on the 4ZZZ website, 4ZZZ.org.au. From Embers is a show produced about anarchist ideas and practice across so-called Canada. Every week we spend about an hour going in-depth about ideas, histories, and ongoing struggles that we think are important. We're a part of the Channel Zero Anarchist Podcast Network. You can check it all out at fromembers.libsyn.com.